Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to heal and get better in all areas of life. And I want to do it with you. Welcome to Heal Squad by Maria Menounos, where we improve and heal all parts of our lives, most importantly, our health. Heal Squad by Maria Menounos, your life improvement series starts now. Hello, hello, everybody. It's going to be a great day. Why? Why? (laughs) Because when you know better, you get better. And that's what we do here every single day. And we do it together because we are better together. Friends, we are so excited for today's episode. Uh, We want to welcome any new listeners to the Heal Squad and uh, existing Heal Squad. Share this show with your friends. Help us get it out to more people. Uh, Our quote of the day, the more conscious you are, the more you are living in the light. That is by Deepak Chopra. Our guest today, he is a best-selling author, doctor, spiritual leader. He's the founder of the Chopra Foundation and Chopra Global. Plus, he's a world-renowned pioneer in integrative medicine and personal transformation. He's the author of more than 90 books, translated in over 43 languages, multiple bestsellers. Time Magazine has described him as one of the top 100 heroes and icons of the century. Man, how humbling is that? I feel like every time I get to sit with him, I feel so blessed. And so today, right before we started the interview, I'm thinking to myself, I feel so blessed that I get to chat with him because everybody would love to have a chat with Deepak Chopra and I get to do it. And so I feel very grateful for that and grateful for all the lessons that we got out of this interview today, because there were so many amazing kind of aha moments. Um, I always write down little uh, notes in the show and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And there were so many of those whoa moments and we've had so many in previous interviews as well. So I really look forward to our conversations. I hope you'll love this one. I think it's uh, a great conversation to hear right at the beginning of this year, because these are all practices that we should start implementing slowly into our lives so that they can uh, really kind of melt into our bodies and, and, or be absorbed osmosis, whatever you want to call it. Um, before we get to the interview, I just want to make sure that I give a shout out to our other show, Monday motivations and intentions, quick Monday morning, get your week started, right? Five to 10 minute inspo for the day and the week with incredible guests. Um, it's a bite-sized version. I hope of what we do here and you can get that on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you love it, please leave us a review. Help us get more people to it. Uh, and don't forget, we have our merch live on mariamanunos.com. We've got our Heel Squad sweatshirts, uh, hoodies, T-shirts, mugs. Um, I like to say that they, uh, they serve to keep us all accountable about the journey that we're on. And you might be able to meet some other heel squatters along the way when you're wearing it out, you're identifiable to the squad. Anyhow, um, without further ado, let's get into this amazing conversation uh, about being the light and, and transforming with Deepak Chopra. So Royal Yoga, you say that this is the way. Tell me what 
what royal yoga is and why you find this to be so important and and like i said kind of the way okay so maria the yoga we speak of every day that you know people go to yoga studio for and, and which has become very popular every um, block has a yoga studio in new york these days that is part of royal yoga but there are eight limbs to royal yoga and in sanskrit it's called raja yoga which means royal yoga and it's the original text if you know i'm looking in my i'm in my library right now and there i have about 10 books on you know ancient scriptures describing yoga they all talk about royal yoga except uh, the it's arcane and not easy to understand so what i did is i put it in english in simple language and there are eight limbs so the first is social intelligence as based on an understanding of consciousness the second is emotional intelligence the third is the yoga postures that everybody is familiar with the fourth is breathing techniques the fifth is something very interesting that most people are unaware of it's withdrawal of the senses and something called interoceptive awareness so normally we when we speak of perception this perception of the outside world interoceptive awareness means how do you become aware of what's happening in your heart or your lungs or your inside your body your visceral organs that's the fifth limb the sixth limb is concentration how do you focus your mind the seventh limb is what everyone's also talking about these days meditation and the eighth limb is transcendence how do you settle into the source of all experience or what we call enlightenment and so how is this different you know you've written many 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 books on uh on a variety of subjects but how is this different than everything else that we've learned so far i took the classic texts and made them simple for people to understand in english so royal yoga ultimately describes six states of consciousness um first three everyone's familiar with waking dreaming and sleeping we go through these states every day there's a fourth state of consciousness which also people talk about self actualization or transcendence but then there are other states of consciousness which people don't talk about because they're not familiar with the literature there's something called cosmic consciousness although it's mentioned in religious texts you know in christianity when jesus says i'm in this world but not of it which means how you participate in the world of everyday existence while still staying grounded in spiritual awareness and as we open these windows to consciousness we open up things like extra sensory perception psychic powers um, non local abilities insight intuition imagination creativity etc and beyond cosmic consciousness there's something called divine consciousness <laughs> then there's something even beyond that called uh, unity consciousness or enlightenment and you know i thought the world is ready for this kind of information now because you know you, you hear about psychics this and that but here's a classic text that has actually not been translated into simple english although there are translations i have to admit you know people have done these kinds of things and royal yoga is actually only one part of a bigger literature of yoga there's karma yoga there's uh, the yoga of love and there's something called the yoga of the intellect so the yogic literature is very big it goes back a few thousand years so i thought the american public was ready wow well i feel like you know there were so many things that i i marked up in the book and you know i might kind of go a little bit out of order here but one of the things i i really liked um right off the bat was when you said whenever you experience less bliss no bliss or actual pain and suffering only one thing changes how close you are to the light can you talk a little bit about that because i feel like if we all 
could be more aware in the moment that that is the case, then we would be able to find the light a lot faster and, and relieve the suffering, right? Yeah, yeah. And light is not photons. By the way, even that is very interesting because we normally think of the light that's shining right now through the bulb in my room. That, that light is actually dimensionless. It's colorless. So where does the brightness come from? What's going to arise are colorless photons. What's happening in a brain is electrochemistry, but you actually do experience light. This is the light of consciousness that converts what has no color into shape, color, form. And again, in every spiritual tradition, it's mentioned. Jesus talks about you are the light of the world. In the Bible, there's let there be light, right? God said, let there be light, and suddenly the world came into existence. So that light is our innermost sanctum, which we call the soul, okay? Normally, we don't even talk about it, you know, other than people who are religious, they talk about soul. And these days also, it's become kind of fashionable. People say, I'm religious. No, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. But actually, the experience is the same, what we call the religious experience, not religious dogma or ideology or rules and regulations, the experience. First, you go into the light. Second, you have the emergence spontaneously of what are called platonic qualities like truth, goodness, beauty, harmony, love, compassion, joy, equanimity. And three, you lose the fear of death. Because the light is beyond this world. It's, it's your home. It's where you came from. So anytime you're not experiencing the light, you have left home in a sense. You're not, you're, not work, you're not looking at the world or relating to people, circumstances from the level of your soul. You're, you're relating from the level of your mind. And, you know, we use words like peace of mind. That's an oxymoron. The mind is never at peace period. You have to go beyond the mind to the light, which is your innermost holiest shrine, and it's in you, the divine in you, the divine in me, which is the same. And these days also when people say namaste, that's that's actually means I salute the light within you that is also within me. So Deepak, how does someone find their light in those really tough moments? Well, the tough moments are because we have moved away from the light. You know, it's not that the tough moments are there. You know, look at the world right now. There's conflict, there's terrorism, there's eco-destruction, there is war, there's extinction of species. Look at what's happening in the world of politics. That's loss of the light. So, and there's no way to actually rectify that unless there are enough of us that are actually practicing being in the light ourselves. You need a critical mass of people in the world to actually create a more peaceful, just, sustainable, healthier, and joyful world. As Mahatma Gandhi said, we have to be the change we want to see in the world. There's no one outside there who's going to help us. That I wrote the book in a very practical way since you're reading it. You know, there's a whole program, a 30-day program you see there that says one step at a time. So you find the light one step at a time. Of course. And as, you, I, you, as you, you're in the tunnel, you see the light at the end. You One step, one step till you're in the light. At the end of the tunnel, there's always light. Is there a faster way? Because that seems like a little bit of a long journey. Yeah. <laughs> Maria, that's a very American question. <laughs> I'm supposed to ask the questions everyone's thinking, Deepak. So <laughs> that, that, that's you know, I've been walking in that tunnel for 45 years. <laughs> uh, I um, I also um, I highlighted uh, I I liked the questionnaire too because I, I I liked getting to know a little bit more about. Um, the 10 ways to be in the light and to see if you are more generally in it. Luckily I was. Oh, that's, of course you are. Thankfully. Yeah. Um, 
But there was also this part that I wanted to share with everyone in the social intelligence chapter, and it was the practices of truth. Mm -hmm. And there's so many, you know, all of this, it, there's a lot of work in here to do. And so I'd love to break down the practices of truth, abandon the certainty that you're always right. That's so hard. Allow the possibility that everyone has their own truth. I think that's so poignant. And as somebody who's very justice oriented and fair, I like to see both sides. And I think most people, we have both sides and that's where the conflict happens because now we're trying to convince each other that we're right. And then we're never going to end up on any kind of ground. You see that in the greater part of the world, not just on an Maria, individual basis. I interrupt you just on that? Yeah. If you give up being right, 90% of your life will improve. <sighs> just stop insisting that you're right. 90% of your life will change. All the conflict is because everybody wants to be right. So ask yourself, do I want to be happy or do I want to be right? So how do you apply that when, let's say you're in a situation and you've been wronged by your friend, you feel like you've been wronged. You feel like you've done everything for this person. You've helped them. You've done so much and that they've silently built up all of this resentment and had, you know, passive aggressive natures. I'm talking about a friend, not me. Um, <laughs> they had passive aggressive natures that they harbored along the way and you had no idea until they went nuclear on you. And now you're like, well, wait, this is really not right and doesn't feel good. And you're no matter, you know, for me, at least I'm meditating, I'm doing everything I can, but it pops in, it pops yeah. in. That's why you said there's work here and the book actually does tell you what you do over a period of time to get into a place where that doesn't matter, where what people say, either good or bad about you, doesn't matter. So if, if it matters, as you know, if somebody says something nice, you feel flattered. If somebody says something mean, you're probably going to be offended for the rest of your life. You know, uh, I remember when I was a kid, my mother said, I don't trust this person. I said, why not? And she said, well, you know, 20 years ago, she said something to me. She was still thinking of something that happened 20 years ago. It It's on the, you know, when you really think about it. It's ridiculous. So there are also techniques for what we call nonviolent communication, which may or may not work. What am I observing? What am I feeling? What do I need? And how do I fulfill that need in this situation or outside the situation? So, you know, again, this all that means is everything we're saying means self-awareness. The more you're aware of yourself, the more your responses will be not reactive, reactive. We learn these reactive responses when we are kids. You know, you're a four-year-old boy, boys more than girls. And so boys were out with his mom. He says, I want a lollipop. And mom says, no. Boy says, first reactive response is being nice and manipulative. Mommy, please buy me the lollipop. I'll give you a kiss. Uh, she refuses. Then the second is the reactive response is you become belligerent. You lie down on the floor and you throw a tantrum. Uh, if that doesn't work, then, you know, um, you uh, go home and you're stubborn. You pout. You, you um, are unavailable. You withdraw. Even if that doesn't work, then you play the victim. So these are the kind of reactive responses we have. Nice and manipulative, stubborn and manipulative, angry and manipulative, playing the victim and manipulative. By this time, mom is fed up, so she buys you the lollipop, and your little brain says, um, oh, it works. Then you perfect these, and by eight years, if you're a boy, you're ready to run for president. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, but here's the thing. It's, it's so hard to not want to communicate your truth. Like you said, we've all have our truth. So what do you suggest in those situations? Is it, is it better? 
because it almost implies in a sense that just, you know, keep it in. No, Don't no. say anything. In most cases, unless you're dealing with unreasonable people, and unreasonable people are people who've been actually traumatized in their youth. Mm -hmm. so you have to understand that even they are unreasonable because there's a reason. They've been traumatized in their youth. And so sometimes it won't work. But with most people, empathy, compassion, and love will win. Okay, if you, empathy means I feel what you feel. Even though I disagree with you, I feel what you feel. Compassion means I have the desire to alleviate your suffering. And then love, of course, is love. It is what heals. Okay. I, I believe in that. Yeah. I believe in that because it's, you, you can't, you can't fight fire with fire. Exactly. So someone has to, someone has to lead with love and, and empathy and understand. And even in this situation that I'm suggesting as a, an example so that people can figure out how to practice this, this practice of truth. Um, I have tried to keep a loving heart and remember that this was somebody that I really love and that we had great experiences. And I know that this person's in a lot of pain and they chose to take it out on me. Um, and yeah. so I think that that has alleviated a lot of pain that I would have had, had I not thought about it like that. Because exactly. if you're angry, you're gonna hold anger and you're gonna get the snowball effect. Agreed, yeah, absolutely. So that means self-awareness. You're more aware uh, and less reactive. The more aware, that's also, by the way, that's yoga, to get in touch with the source of awareness. Yoga means union, by the way, in English, um, and union with your innermost self. So if you're in a situation like this, do you, you, do you try to talk to them and lead with love and hope it works? And if it doesn't, it was not, a, you know, maybe, do you believe that friendships take their course, that relationships take their course, that partnerships take their course? And sometimes this is the season you're supposed to be together and maybe you're not in others? I do, because no two people are always in the same frequency of consciousness, in the same state of consciousness. It's, you know, even though people say soulmate, and that's a romantic idea, but, um, you know, that's very rare that you have uh, a long-term relationship where everything is smooth because people are mostly thinking about themselves. Uh, the only relationships that really work long-term is where you, uh, you love irrespect, basically you allow, you know, what is called radical acceptance. Uh, and that has to come from both sides. <laughs> That's rare, right? Very rare. Yeah. yeah. And I think what you're saying makes so much sense. You're you're not always going to be a vibrational match because we're all growing at different kind of, uh, speeds. Yes. And some people aren't even focusing on growing. So they're not, they're just going to stay here while you're growing. Exactly. And then it's off. And then people don't know why it's off. And then usually the judgment comes from the person who hasn't grown. You've changed. Well, yes, yes. I have. <laughs> That's it. That's it. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused 
on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code HEELSQUAD for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code HEELSQUAD. Trust me, you won't regret it. Interesting. That's why this this path is, I'm sure, can be very painful, uh, as I've seen. Bobo, stab it. Uh, mm-hmm. It can be very painful because growth is pain. That's what I t- try yeah. to tell the younger people that work with us. Kelsey, you can pop in. I say all the time when you have that those moments of friction and those moments of pain, it's because you're going to the next level, and it's going to hurt. Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, it's going to hurt. Now, in the case of Bobo, behind, <laughs> he doesn't judge. He will, it's a he, right? Bobo is yeah. a he. Yeah. So that's why it's easier to have a relationship with Bobo than with a person called John or whoever. So know? true. Yeah, yeah, and they have unconditional love that they give you. Um, Kelsey, I'm going to let you jump in because I feel like friendships and relationships and the the need to be right is is so challenging for everybody and um you know i've been on the journey a lot longer at this point so i do i am proud of myself for how i've been handling different things that have happened because i instantly instead of you know being really devastated i was like well it's kind of their loss i know i know who i am i know i'm a great friend and you know they're in a lot of pain so I was aware of all of these things, which is good. It doesn't mean that it feels great and that it doesn't pop into my head and make me sad sometimes, but um, but it's a lot easier to handle. Um, but I'd be curious if if any of this is raising any questions for you at your ripe 28 years old. Yeah. You know, it's funny because it, this right now, and then also the Esther Hicks um, video you sent me this morning, Maria, with the she was talking about being a vibrational snob and about how like she she's at this high level, right? And it's like, no, I I'm not letting people into my life because I'm at this high level and they're down here. Um, but so that I really resonated with that and what we're talking about right now. But I think what's hard, Deepak, is like. I feel like the end of your 20s and early 30s is you kind of are coming into this next level and you can choose to to go to that next level or not. And that's where I feel I'm at right now. So there are relationships that aren't necessarily working for me anymore because I'm being a vibrational snob and I like some of these people aren't vibing on that high level with me. And it's hard because some of them I want to pull up with me but then that's taking away from me. So then I'm like, well, okay, fine. I'm just fine on my own, but then that's lonely. So that's like, that's where I'm at right now. And I think a lot of people probably feel that. So I would love for you to talk about that because like, what do we do? First, you should um, tell yourself that everyone, including all these people and congratulations at 28, you're already thinking about it. (laughs) Most people don't come to this 
level of awareness at your age. So first you should tell yourself they are doing the best they can from mm -hmm. their state of awareness. That will make it easier for you. And secondly, if you stay at your level, you'll attract people that slowly reflect your level. But don't expect it to happen overnight. Yeah. Do you think it should, should we be pulling people up that we feel like they, they can come up or like, do you just let them go on their own path? You let them go. On yeah. Their yeah. Yeah. I think that's the hardest thing. It's hard enough for us to change when we want to change. So if you think somebody else is going to change because you want them to change, that's kind of being delusional. Yeah. Deepak, when you were on the journey, did you feel like you kept losing people in your life that weren't a vibrational match with you? Yes, a lot. And then also what happened is when I started talking about this stuff and because I'm a physician and presumably, you know, have a scientific background, I was, uh, you know, criticized, vilified by my peers. I, I was, you know, uh, teaching at Harvard and other places, I heard rumors I was going to be fired because I was a, kind of a pseudoscientist. That was very difficult for me. And, you know, I, I left Boston, the East Coast, thinking, oh, things are going to be different in California. But they weren't. And, you know, I finally said, if I'm going to stay offended like this, I'll be offended for the rest of my life. And that, that's not a good way to live. Yeah, well, it... I mean, what does it really matter? I go yeah. back to our conversation maybe a year ago when you talked about how teeny, you know, mm. even just the Milky Way was like a, yeah. how teeny it all mm. is and how, yeah. how yeah. insignificant we really are. Unfortunately, yeah. um, that is just stuck in my brain. And whenever I have challenges, I remember that yeah. because I think I'm making this so big yeah. and really it's nothing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely right, Maria. And people will come and go. You know, it's, I think we value holding on to friendships and holding on to relationships. And I do think that sometimes you outgrow them, no matter how much you love them, no matter how much they love you, no matter how great a times you had together. I think that sometimes, you know, they do take their course, but we as a society aren't okay with accepting that. And we feel failure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I turned 76, Maria, and good health. But I do recognize that, you know, 76 is 76. So I was thinking, you know, what if I died tomorrow? I can tell you with certainty that half of my best friends wouldn't have time to come to the memorial because they have something else to do, even though they're very close to me, etc. And in one month... I would be a memory in one year, even the memory would not be there. So why take everything so seriously? Oh my God, you're right. You're so right. And no matter how significant you are, you're the great Deepak Chopra and, and you me. know that, but you also know the reality. Life moves on. People move on. Everyone's in their hamster wheel. And by the way, maybe that's good. Otherwise you would all be stuck, you know? Life has to, the world has to move on. Absolutely. We'll think, I mean, everyone's going to die. And, mm -hmm. and how many deaths do you have around you? Life can't keep stopping every time. Actually, yoga is the practice, the, the royal yoga or whatever, the complete set of yoga is the practice. It was written about a few thousand years ago by a great sage called Patanjali. And he wrote it just for this reason. He says, if you really prepare and bring the light in your life, you will alleviate not only your suffering, but you will help alleviate other people's suffering. And there's no greater privilege. Wow. So you're saying if you find the light and you live in the light, people will have an easier time later with your passing because they know that you weren't afraid, you weren't, you know, holding on, all of that? Yes. And also, while you're, while you're in their presence, you will feel more peaceful as well. And that's wow. what Patanjali says. This is in the presence of people living in the light. Other people feel peaceful. 
not by what you say, not by what you do, but just by your presence. Your energy. Yeah. Um, the practice of being yourself. And I just wrote next to it. How do you do this? Stop comparing yourself to others. Don't depend on other people to validate you. That was a big one I've been working on. Set aside the criticism and judgments of others. Get beyond self-judgment. Accept who you are and appreciate what you have to offer. Give everyone the space to be themselves and assume that all people in their essence are whole. The last one I don't really fully understand, but I do want to fully understand how you practice being yourself. How do you really put this into action? You know, there's a quote by Walt Whitman. He says, I'm enough just as I am. I put that into practice every day by saying, thank you, God, for making me just as I am. That's it. Just as I am is enough. There's, to have weaknesses, negativity is not to be flawed. It's to be complete. Uh, if you were totally positive all the time, actually, you'd be a Pollyanna. You'd be exasperating. It wouldn't be easy to live with you. It's not possible to be to be like that all the time. But we how are, do you how do you in a world where it's constant comparison, how do you start the process of not comparing yourself and not yeah, judging yourself? Just looking at some Gallup data on happy nations, happy people. And apparently Denmark is the happiest country in the world. <laughs> Excuse us, Bobo just disturbed my uh, my light curtain to protect yeah, no my light. Bobo, you are interrupting. I'm going to run out. Out. <laughs> Not, No, it's okay. Don't worry. Okay, we're okay. fine. So, uh, you know, I was reading that Denmark is the happiest country in the world. And when you look at the reasons why, one of the reasons is that as a nation, they don't compare um, themselves with each other. It's a society where apparently because it's homogenous and not everyone wants to be a billionaire you know they they're at peace because they don't compare it with each other uh, themselves with each other so this is you know these are all learned phenomena they're learned social perceptions we learn them when we are in in um, our childhood because of our parental conditioning and our social conditioning so it's difficult to break that barrier but once you become aware you find peace by not comparing yourself with each other because there's always somebody in the world who's going to have more money than you, who's more successful than you, who's in the eyes of society more attractive than you. doesn't matter who you are. In fact, people who are extremely successful in the limelight are, in my you know, evaluation, because I've observed them, the unhappiest people, they have to do something every day to attract attention to themselves. I don't want to name people now, but they're in the news all the time. You know, whether it's on Twitter or what's happening with, you know, all that's happening, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Such people are not happy. Yeah. They... Even though the world thinks, oh my God, this guy's a billionaire, but, you know, not happy. Yeah. Yeah, I remember after brain surgery, having an epiphany and realizing that I didn't need all of the things and I didn't need being on TV. I enjoyed it, but I started following people and using them as my, my, my pace car that I was like, no, they need it. I don't. Exactly. And when I let go of it, I did find my joy and my happiness and my exactly. peace. Exactly. It's not easy, but I mean, it is easy because once you see it, you're like, I don't want that. And why have I been doing that? And I've been hurting myself and, yeah. and, and working against my nature. Um, but what is the assume that all people in their essence are whole? If you go beyond their trauma, there's a core of innocence and beauty in everyone. It's just that they've been traumatized and trauma, what we call anger is the memory of trauma. Anxiety is the 
anticipation of trauma again because you've had it in the past. Guilt and shame is directing it back to yourself. And the ultimate consequence of all this is depression. So, but this is because trauma. And if you understand that and you see that in their essence, deep within, they too have the light. And that makes it easier for you not to engage in acrimony or hostility or anger because you understand. You know, once you understand this clarity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, there's another part in the book that um, <laughs> it was funny. I just, I couldn't stop, of course, marking everything, but um, there was an exercise making a list of the people in situations where you're wasting your energy or using it ineffectually. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's a, a very worthwhile exercise. We talk about it in so many ways. Uh, and then it says, now look at the person or situation from the viewpoint of your energy and how you expend it. Use the categories of physical, mental, and emotional energy. For instance, maybe a friend of yours is consistently late and the behavior is repeated. It's inconsiderate. It's important to realize that your energy is not being drained or exploited by someone else. It's being drained and exploited by you. Oh, explain that, please. Well, of course, because uh, the other person is not really meeting your expectations. And, you know, why do you think everybody should meet your expectations? I mean, that's kind of being self-indulgent, right? So my expectation that my friend should be on time is, is uh, not... Okay. It's who you are. You are on time. Your friend is not on time. So, so there's a conflict over there, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to realize that that's not really their problem. It's your problem. Either be willing to accept that or let them know if you're not in time, maybe I won't be available. It's funny. I also think from what I remember reading that you said almost like they you're if you're constantly being late you're feeding into what they're expecting now it's almost like energetically it's going to keep happening so yeah. I have a situation with a friend yeah absolutely I'm not a tardy person I actually hate tardiness mm -hmm. however with her because mm -hmm. she is so insane about it mm -hmm. I'm always late for her <laughs> so that made me laugh because I was like, oh, I think she's just expecting it now. So energetically, she puts it out and then I meet the expectation. Yeah, well, even that's okay. Just don't get upset by the whole thing. Yeah. As a first time mom of the baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. So earlier you were mentioning the different limbs and I think it was five or six. Was it six total or eight? Eight. Eight. So maybe it was six or seven. What was six and seven again? So six, seven, and eight are one is six is concentration, how to focus your mind on the task at hand right now. You know, you and I are speaking, that's what we're doing. We're just focusing on this. I'm not distracted. That's six. Seven is actually the daily practice of meditation. And eight is transcendent. It's the final, you know, you've, you've 
reach home. You, you're back where you start. You know, remember that, what is that famous poet from T.S. Eliot? He said, we shall not cease from exploration. And the end of our exploring is to arrive where we started from and know the place for the first time. That place was when you were a baby, full of wonder, full of excitement, happy, joyful, for no reason. You know, that's the difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is for a reason. Joy is that state of innocence that we all have in the innermost part of our being. So how do we get and to... to complete that, that is the goal. If at the end of your life you haven't lived joyfully, what's the point? Mm -hmm. So how do you help people get to joy? Because happiness sounds a lot easier, right? I can go buy a pair of shoes that are going to make me happy. I can go to Disney World and make myself happy. Joy, I didn't know full joy until I started my meditation practice last year. And out of nowhere, the joy was so overwhelming that I was like, honey, I could lift a car with my joy. I don't, I don't know what's happening. I'm, I felt so great and so whole. Now, like some of it has subsided a little bit. And so I have to find my way back to it. But it was unbelievable. Yeah, that's why this is the last step and it's preceded by meditation in the book, you know. Seventh step is meditation. Eighth step is joy. I remember a long time ago teaching Elizabeth Taylor meditation and it lasted like about 40 seconds. At the end of it, she said, how long do I have to do this? So that was... then. <laughs> then, I taught, then I taught Michael Jackson same thing, you know, same day, because Michael had introduced me to, and he immediately went into joy. He said, wow, I've experienced this. This is when I dance. This is what happens. You know, so people are different in de their development, too. You know, and of course, these days, people are seeking that through psychedelics. Yeah. So he was able to get in that state in meditation. Instantly. Instantly. Well, because it does make sense when you have to perform and you're the greats, right? Yeah. When you're Sugar yeah. Ray Leonard, you're, you yeah. know, uh, Larry Bird, any of the greats, I watch them when they play oh, and yeah. something otherworldly comes through their bodies. And I've, I've talked yeah. to both of them about that, actually. I said, there were moments when you weren't you, you were God coming through you yeah. and doing yeah. the impossible without even knowing. Yeah. That's what also is called the flow state or peak experiences, etc. Living in the light means you never leave that state. That's where you are. That sounds pretty amazing. So Michael was able to do what Elizabeth wasn't. I think that's so fascinating. Yeah. Same days, two people in the same room. Did he end up sticking with it? Who? Michael did, yeah. you know, until he got destroyed by all that stuff that happened in his life because he got these doctors who, you know, gave him drugs and, you know, he had, you remember, he had a Pepsi accident. He burnt his hair. Yeah. Then people started, you know, doctors, unethical doctors started giving him narcotics and opiates. And that was the beginning of his destruction. Wow. Wild. Yeah. Um. So... So transcendence, do you feel like you've been able to achieve that? Yes. So do you feel like you're constantly in the light and enjoy? Uh, yes, Maria. I'm wow. embarrassed to say, but yes. That's amazing. Well, uh, you're the teacher, right? You have to you have to be the one to set the example. So no matter what person is teaching what, they have to live it to the fullest and the highest, I think. Yeah, yeah. but. Again, I'm also 76. You've been doing it a long time. Yeah. So, so if everybody follows this Royal Yoga program, what do you think will happen? Like how, was it 30 days, the program? Yeah, that's the practice. But, you know, if people, as in anything else, some people will stick to it. Some people will do it halfway and some people will go all the way. It all depends, you know. But I even, it's a lifelong practice 
summarized in 30 days, you know. Um, I didn't write this book so it will be a bestseller or whatever. I uh, wrote this book because I wanted to write the book and share it with, with some people who would benefit from it. So 30 days and you're on your way. And then hopefully you just stick with the practice and just keep doing the same thing yeah. from there on. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Deepak, I also have to ask you, Kelsey, actually, before I go, do you go to the next thing? Do you have any questions? I guess my only thing would be and Deepak, maybe it's just, you just go step-by-step step in the book for someone who wants to get to that place of like living in their full joy is that what you would recommend just going step by step or are there any other like daily practices that we should be doing I to get us to that place? Step by step, you know, okay. one step at a time and some patience, um, step by step. That's okay. Patience, patience is hard. Yeah. <laughs> How do we have patience? Well, that's why if you do it step by step, cause I know even when I started the meditation program last year, if I had said to myself, you have to meditate every day for a year, yeah. that would have sounded really challenging. But I just, I'm going to do it every, you know, step by step. I started doing it every day on my own. I didn't think of the long term. Or even when I sat with my naturopath last June and I was dealing with a new health situation, she was like, this is probably going to take about two years. And I was like, oh my God. And I said, don't think about two years. Just think about today and then think about tomorrow. Mm. And then the next day and the next day. And if I had thought about it any other way, I wouldn't have the drastic, amazing results that I got in just under six months Beautiful. because of that. So Beautiful. you do what you're saying, Deepak, is right. It's patience, knowing that you're not going to do all of these things. You're not going to be able to be practicing the practices of truth perfectly today. You're going to do one of them, and then you're going to build off of it. And then tomorrow you're going to add not judging others and and then not judging yourself little by little you can build off of them i leave um in this new year i started these two note cards my am and pm note cards to keep me on track with how i want to end my day and how i want to start my day lovely and that really helps me so i feel like with this you can do the same thing it's okay i'm going to i'm going to practice this i'm going to get good at this and i'm going to move on to the next thing but i know for someone who didn't think they could change easily, I watch my husband, he shifts really easily. And I'm like, I can't, but I did. And I've made significant changes, but you have to have patience. All right, Kelsey, how much did you love that in the middle of an interview with Deepak Chopra, Bobo decided to bring down my light curtain? <laughs> I couldn't. I, well, it was so funny because I kept turning to Carol like, oh my God, look at Bobo. He was getting fidgety yep. and we knew he was going to bounce and then pfft, it's so hard when you have to work from home, but this is the beauty of this. <laughs> Everybody understands that, uh, you know, there's not much you can do. And then Max started getting fidgety and then Bobo's just sitting next to me. And I'm like, the fifth pillar is concentration. <laughs> I need to concentrate. Um, and now he's on my lap. He is the funniest thing ever. But uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. I really try to to bring in examples that, you know, I know a lot of people are going through and Kelsey, you are great with your questions as well, because oh, thank you. it's, you know, it's a lot of stuff to take in and um, it's always easier when you can apply kind of the lesson rather than just hearing it, at least for me. No, absolutely. I think when you, um, that's one thing I really love about you. And I think you're so talented at it. It's like, you will use your life experiences, which for me, I'm like, oh, okay, now I can put myself in that, like exactly what mm -hmm. you just said, I can put myself in your shoes and that is happening to me or I do deal with that versus sometimes these experts, especially Deepak, he, he's Deepak. He talks at a level that you're like, huh? Yeah, because he's on a whole other level. Exactly. So I really appreciate when you do that because it makes a lot of sense to me. Well, I really liked also the whole conversation about when, you know, again, it's kind of like when you're in dissonance or, you know, you're not in your alignment, you are away from the light. So we just have to think of how to find our way back to the light. And I feel like I've been there in this new year where I've mm. just kind of felt a little, just a smidge off. Yeah. And, um, Bobo, do you feel a smidge off? He's like really <laughs> liking to interrupt this show. Um, <laughs> 
And so I, I really like that reminder that it's just, you've just moved away from the light. Nothing's really wrong. You just have to find your way back in. And so maybe something is consuming your thoughts, like your friendship that has been, um, you know, hurting, or maybe it's your relationship or whatever it is, maybe that's consuming your thoughts and that's your concentration is going there and that's moving you away from the light. Um, so you have to kind of just sit and take stock of what's feeling good. In my opinion, this is what I'm going to do. What's feeling good. What's not feeling good. And then how do I figure out how to reconcile and, and remedy the not feeling good parts and acknowledge them. And so I think that's kind of a cool little process that I'm going to try and see if that works. Um, and then, you know, like I've said before, leaning into all of your practices, but I really like the idea of pulling out these practices and these exercises and really attempting to make those adjustments. And that's why I love this show because we had Gabby Bernstein on for her book about uh, the non-judgmental way or whatever. I yeah, judgment detox. Judgment detox. Mm -hmm. And I remember being like, oh, I have to shut that part of my brain off. That is yeah. not nice. Yeah. Just to have the thoughts. Most of the time, nothing would come out of my mouth, but the thoughts would come through and I didn't like them. Well, and, and if we've learned anything from you and Dr. Joe, it's like if you have those thoughts running around up there, then that's what you're creating. Yeah. Those thoughts become things. Mm -hmm. Anyhow. Friends, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, our studio hopefully will be up very soon. We are knee deep in the lighting grids and the cameras and we're just waiting on some furniture. So um, then Bobo and Max will not be interrupting the interviews. Uh, if you enjoy this conversation with Deepak, you can go back and listen to some of the other ones we've had have been unbelievable as well and, um, and go into the library. Uh, and if you haven't joined us on Patreon, um, let's have Kelsey help, uh, tell you why you should be a part of Patreon. It's a really cool, exclusive group of super heel squatters and we meet up every month and it's just been such a joy to do. Marie, it's one of my favorite days each month because it's such a special group that it, there's everyone from all around the world. It's the $10 and up tier. You get to be on these live Zooms with just people of like mind. And it's so cool. And I love we get healers or experts. We have one each month. And most of these people, Maria said before, but most of them don't even take clients anymore. And so we're so lucky and they give us an hour of their time, including Maria does as well, which I love when you jump in there and ask questions. Um, and they give us like a workshop on just whatever. We just had Yogi Cameron on and he was helping us really kind of start our new year right and help us get into our nature. And it, they're just amazing, amazing events. And I love being on. Um, yeah, the live, the live zooms with everyone. And if you can't make an event, I always upload it to Patreon so you can catch the replay too. And then they're in your, they're in your library for forever. So they're really special events, $10 and up once a month. Where do they go? And you guys go, you can go to the summary, the link in the summary will link Patreon. Or if you go to mariamenunos.com, click on heel squad, then you can join. All right, friends. In the meantime, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. This podcast and all related content published or distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menunos or mariamenunos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. Any information or opinions expressed or contained herein are not intended to serve as or replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury, and you should consult the healthcare professional of your choice regarding all matters concerning your health, including before beginning any exercise, weight loss, or healthcare program. If you have or suspect you may have a healthcare emergency, please contact a qualified healthcare professional for treatment. Any information or opinions provided by a guest expert or host featured within website or on company's podcast are their own, not those of Maria Menounos or the company. Accordingly, Maria Menounos and the company cannot be responsible for any results or consequences or actions you may take based on information or opinions.
Hey, Hill Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.